0: I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So, are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and business coach, Ellie Swift. Ellie's a mindset and marketing coach and international speaker for high-performing women who are ready to build heart-driven, intentional, and abundant online businesses. Using her signature Swift marketing method, Ellie helps service-based business owners connect with their customers, shine online, and create life-changing results for both themselves and their clients. Ellie spent the last decade working in marketing in London, Sydney, and Perth, achieving her goal of head of marketing strategy by the age of 28 before making the transition into her business. She has built a multi six-figure business in under two years and has supported her clients as they've created five-figure-plus launches, doubled their income, and completely transformed the businesses and lives through both mindset and marketing. Today, we're chatting through how you can cultivate your money mindset, and I just know that you're going to get so much from this conversation with Ellie, so let's dive in. So I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about one of my favorite topics ever, money mindset. So money mindset has become even more popular, I think, in the last couple of years, particularly in business. So to kick us off, I'd love to know how you define money mindset.
1: I think it's so exciting that it's become a topic of interest and I feel like It's something that's become a topic of interest because, you know, there's so many opportunities for humans like you and I to create abundance, to create money in ways that we haven't previously. And so I so agree with you, Rach. I think it's so nice to be able to have this conversation um, because it's something that in my experience, anyone who is coming into, you know, earning money that they haven't maybe in the past or navigating wanting to build a business and earn more money is going to encounter at some point in their journey. And so the way that I define money mindset is, you know, we mindset is everything that's going on between our ears. So it's all the stories, the thoughts, the beliefs, the programming that we tell ourselves day to day. And so money mindset is all of the thoughts, beliefs, programming, subconscious patterns that we tell ourselves about money. And what's really interesting about money is that we all attach different meaning to money based on our own experiences. So we uh, create the majority of our subconscious programming between the ages of zero to 12 years, The, the majority of that actually being between zero to six, seven years. And a lot of that is of course then going to make up what our money mindset is and so we have these stories from childhood that we've taken on based on perhaps what our family of origin looked like based on our own experiences when we were children and we carry those stories with us in relation to money throughout our whole lives and what i find is that when my clients i'm sure you see this with your clients as well get to this point where they're building their businesses as we start to hold money in a new way, because for many of us, and I know it was the case for me and I know it was the case for you, we've just been given this salary prior to making our own money. And suddenly we're earning money. We're having money conversations. We're charging money for services where we've devised the price. And it's like, how do I do this? And our relationship to money changes. We start to become more conscious of what it all means and looks like. And so That's a really long winded way of describing it, but hopefully that context is supportive because ultimately the the reason money mindset is so important, I believe in business is because having that conversation and getting really clear about what your money stories are, knowing that you have the power to change them is a really key part of being able to hold and uh, receive and accumulate more money.
0: No, I love that, Anson. Thank you so much for sharing that with me because a lot of my clients, when this comes up, you know, they're hearing everyone talk about it, I'm talking about it. They come to me and they do say things like, so I want to talk about manifestation or how to track my expenses. And they focus more on the tools initially of addressing money mindset and not so much on where of my stories come from. Do you find with your clients, this is because... You know, thinking back to like childhood and stories and values and all of that kind of stuff, looking inwards is often like quite hard or maybe uncomfortable for some some clients because I know it was for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you just get you know you just put yourself forward as like perfect example of that. So thank you for giving me the answer <laughs> there. But it's true, you know, it it can be really uncomfortable to go back. And I think just you know, speaking to my personal experience, because it's probably the easiest thing to speak to in this context. For me, I didn't want to go back because it it felt like I was almost going to have to start thinking critical thoughts about my parents and the way that they'd raised me. And I didn't want to do that because I think they did an incredible job. And I'm so proud of the way that they parented. So, so I think it's really useful to go into it knowing it's not about that, but rather looking at like generational belief systems for us as millennial humans of the world. I read something the other day where it was like millennials are now over 40 and I was like, oh my God, that's so frightening. But you know, you and I being like, you know, not, not yet there, but millennial humans of the world for us a lot of the generational patterning that we grew up with was like money doesn't grow on trees you have to work really hard to earn money Um, you know demonizing people who grew up or, or had money so parents saying things like oh yeah they're so wealthy and so that's why they can have that as though it was a bad thing and and it's useful to just remember and keep in mind like that's the context that our parents were sharing with us to try and A, instill really great working values in us and B, to keep us safe. And that was my experience and the experience of a lot of my clients. But then there's also other stories that, you know, come through of not having any money at all and not knowing at all um, how to create money and money just being this evil thing or money being something that was really unattainable. Uh, and so going back and and being able to look at those stories through uh, a really impartial lens. So just giving yourself permission to go, I'm going to look at this objectively and not not view it as wrong, but rather look at does that serve me? Is that a belief that serves me now? Because all of the beliefs that I just mentioned don't serve me now. And it's easy to then go, it doesn't serve me. Um, I can recognize why my parents shared those beliefs with me. This is not criticizing them. And I know that I've got the power to change those beliefs. I know that I can change those beliefs now. And there are other beliefs that are really going to serve and support me as I continue to build my business. Beliefs like working more does not mean more money. Money can flow to me easily. I can exponentially increase my earning capacity. I'm worthy of receiving money. Like all of those things. And obviously there's, you know, there's so many different beliefs and thoughts that, that we can create. And, and I would really encourage everyone listening to create beliefs that feel really that, that they can get behind, you know, ones that, that feel like great rewrites for them And to to start to play those new scripts, to start to play those new stories over and over again and, and giving yourself full permission to anchor into those stories, knowing that repetition is the way to then anchor and cement those. I can so relate to that. Definitely demonization of like any
0: kind of money or success, like having cars, nice houses. That was definitely, I think, something a lot of us were taught. And I think that's why a lot of my clients admittedly Say they don't know how much money is in their bank account. They don't know how much to charge. Like they really kind of turn away from it because a lot of the stories and the values they have created around money is that I'm going to be an evil, bad person. If I say I want some cash or if I want to have a nice car or a nice handbag or take myself on holiday. So I love that you bring that up because I see that coming up for my, like for me in everyday life and for a lot of my clients, which is, I think, a perfect segue into talking about some of the terms we hear a lot which is abundance mindset you know we need to get and have an abundance mindset or that we're working from a scarcity mindset can you explain what the difference is between the two and maybe provide some more like tangible examples
1: I think the really great thing about both of these terms is that When we hear them and when we talk about them, we're not just talking about them in relation to money. And this is what's so interesting and so cool is that, you know, when we're talking about abundance, when we're talking about scarcity, it flows to everything. We're just talking about these meanings in relation to money in this context, but It relates to so many things so an abundance mindset is really the belief that you believe that there is enough and more and that you can receive and that you can create and you can call in more and more and more and that there is always enough and overflow for you and that there is always enough and overflow for others whereas a scarcity mindset is that belief of like it's all going to go away or i can only create this once I'm not going to be able to create that again, or there's not enough for me. There couldn't possibly be enough for me. That's not going to happen. I, I, I'm not, I don't deserve like the, and just to kind of put this in context of our body, because you can't see me right now, but I'm using all the hand gestures, Rach can, but like abundance mindset is really expansive. It's open. It's, it's like believing that you can create more and receive more and, scarcity mindset's really contracted. It's it's closed. It's like, that's not possible for me. And we know day to day that like we can feel those different energies from people. And that really open, expansive, receiving energy is really the place that we want to be in. I actually want to use an example of abundance mindset and scarcity mindset in relationship to something else to money, because I think it's so useful to speak about it in that context as well. So something that I see with um, my clients who you know, clients I've worked with for a really long time, such as you, Rach, who are in that abundant mindset, have beliefs like, I know that there are enough clients for me and there are enough clients for all my peers doing similar work. You know, like peers who are besties and you're a great example of that as someone who has so many best friends who do, you know, similar but different work to you. And I know that you have the belief of like, yeah, there's enough work. There's enough for everyone here. Whereas a scarcity mindset might be, oh, there's just not enough clients. There's not enough people to work with here. They couldn't possibly, there's so many other people doing similar work to me. And so it's useful to look at it outside the context of money. If we apply it to money, abundance mindset is the belief that you can continue to grow exponentially. You can continue to receive more. You have the ability and the opportunity to be abundant. And depending on where you're at in your journey, this might be something that feels easeful right now, or it might be something that feels really tricky. Take it from somebody who didn't have any examples. You know, I didn't have any examples in my life of anybody who had earned in the way that I now earn. And and that was, you know, despite being someone who is, you know, white and privileged in the fact that I grew up in one of the wealthiest countries in the world and, I just always want to acknowledge that there was a lot of work that I had to do to become somebody who believes that I can be abundant. And on the flip side of that, I've had moments where I've been in scarcity of I couldn't possibly earn more. How could I earn more? How could I receive that? Like that doesn't happen to people like me. That happens to people that are born into wealth or that have a rich uncle or that, you know, have a connection somewhere where they get a leg up. That couldn't possibly be my reality. And so that's, that's really the difference between both. And it's really interesting to, to witness how both can permeate all areas of our lives.
0: Do you believe that you can hold both at the same time, like you can have abundance stories, particularly when you're starting out, like you said, starting to call in more abundance, believing that it's possible for you and also still have some scarcity
1: mindsets, asking for a friend (laughs) me. I think this is such a great question because I absolutely do. And if we look at another similar example, it's a little bit like Somebody who has rock solid self belief is still going to have moments of self doubt. And I believe that an abundance mindset is the same. So somebody who has a really great abundance mindset, for example, I I've, I've done a lot of work in, you know, my subconscious stories, those ones I spoke about before to create this abundance mindset, and I still have moments where I witness myself opening my bank accounts and I can feel a little bit contracted and I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." And so I don't make it wrong. I don't make it mean anything. I don't apply any like, oh my gosh, I'm in scarcity. I need to like, you know, rewrite everything immediately. It's always just like witnessing that, asking why, you know, recognizing what we might need to do to rewrite things. There's always going to be, um, you know, and I I use this word knowing that it has many contexts, but there might be triggers for you that come up that create, these situations. For example, if you have a really big bill going out or you know, I've had days where as another personal example, I remember there was a season where one particular month I, it was a quieter a month in the business. And I don't make that mean anything because as you know, Rach, I operate on a launch model. And so, you know, if I have a quieter a month, it doesn't mean anything but I had a lot of expenses go out that month and so my profit margin was really low and I remember being like oh why this is this is not our reality and you know I can I can look back on that now and go well that was just that particular moment there was a feeling of scarcity but I was able to work through that and not make that mean anything that's so good to hear because I think for a lot of my
0: clients and I know they're similar to me. So that's why I can sort of speak to that. Is the perfectionism often kicks in too? And so we do a lot of this mindset work and go, cool, done and dusted. And then when something, like you said, a trigger or or have like a down day or something different happens that's out of the ordinary. All of those things come back up and we think like, what's the point or this always happens or I haven't done enough work without realizing that this is normal. It's kind of like an ongoing process because I know a lot of my clients when they first started the business did a lot of mindset work around money and then sort of feel like they don't need to do it until perhaps they're going through a big challenge or a change or a launch when something that I've learned from you is like a daily practice and sometimes I hate daily practices and I feel a lot of resistance and I'm going to be open like for years I was like I don't need to work my money mindset in business like I've already done this like I was saying my hourly rate and big totally cool with it I've always asked for raises in business I've always had like a lot of success but it's sometimes it's those like niggling money mindsets or things that you don't normally talk about or even recognize and perhaps that no one ever brings up to you and it's not until you kind of really work through like oh this is kind of playing out for me so I'd love to know is there any kind of mindsets that you feel comfortable sharing that were like that like less obvious ones that we hear people talking about and something that maybe is really subconscious to you or perhaps only your partner or friends really knew about and it wasn't until you addressed it you realized it was actually impacting you on a daily basis
1: there are so many mindsets that so many you know scarce things that I've had to work through so uh, a really big one for me related to money was this this story that I had to work really hard for everything Uh, and in doing so I you know took myself to the edges of burnout many many times because that was such a deep story and it's still a story that's there and this is where that you know, irritatingly daily work is still a thing because it's something that comes up for me if I don't continue to reframe and play in that repetition of like, no, no, I know there's another story here for me. I got, at the first few years in my business, I got everything I wanted through hard work. And I had a story going through my brain of, I know that I could be successful because if all else fails, I'll just work harder than everyone else. And I knew that I could do that. And that serves you for a while. Like if that's your story in the first couple of years of business, well done sister. Like, you know, that, that can serve you for a little while and it's not going to serve you forever unless you want to be a workaholic forever, which I certainly don't. I know you don't. And so I had to rewrite that. and, And that's something that's actually, I've been playing with a lot this year. I've gone, as you know, I've gone down to 17 hour work weeks this year. And the reason that I did that is, is, really because I needed to put into place actions to demonstrate to myself that the money that I earn now is not a result of the hours that I work. So it was really hard and challenging for me because, you know, my husband and I, we don't have a family yet. Like there's, there's not Anything specifically that I could turn my attention to it was this conscious effort of I have to reduce my hours so that I can create this new story. And so that's ongoing work for me. I have a lot of stories, you know, if we're talking mindset generally related to control and safety in relation to control. So I uh, try and control things to make me feel really safe. And if things are outside of my control, if I can't control them, then I'm just keep looking back here at a puppy to see she's chewing a few books right now and she's probably going to get booted out of here any moment. We had a pep talk before this podcast of you're only allowed in here if you behave and she didn't listen to me. Go figure. But if she's a menace, I'll I'll get her out of here in a moment. Uh so that's the that was the other thing is that this control story and just knowing that I I need to create safety to be able to thrive. And so, when I know that if I am starting to get in this like controlling energy, my team know this about me. I share it with them openly so that they can hold me accountable in that. Then, what we do is we just go right. What needs to, like what do I need to do to create some safety for myself in this period of uncertainty? What does that look like? Sometimes it's as simple as sitting with a cup of tea or, you know, wrapping myself in a blanket and taking some deep breaths. It's nothing profound, but it's just being really mindful of what that looks like and then doing what I need to do to move through that.
0: Love that you shared that because one, it's so open, honest and raw. And I appreciate that, especially on this podcast. But two, I can relate so much and so many of my clients are similar. And I think for me, something that I've realized again money equals safety to me so if I can't see money coming in and lots of money coming out or for me the launch cycles were quite triggering because a lot of money would come in and I'm great with money with budgeting all of that's fine but it was the sort of like I said before that subconscious story that was linked that if a launch didn't go as well or if I got heaps of money and then it was quite for like a day or so, I was getting like triggered by looking at my bank balance and I had to really step away and again look at that type of thing like money coming in at different times is completely valid but I started to associate it with work I do launch work hard I get money and I wanted to also stop that story for me because when I was doing the launch model as listeners know before I switched more to this ongoing and coaching, it started to become a trigger and perhaps it was COVID and other elements as well. But like you Ellie, I realized that I had to stop that story and find proof and other ways to like change it and to also step away because all I wanted to do was work more and more and more. And it was really just adding to that story. And I know my clients feel the same, like they have really good months where they have lots of clients, lots of money, and then maybe a quieter month. And they say, I did something wrong or I'm doing something wrong because I don't have clients now, which means I don't have money, which means I don't have security. And it's so interesting for me anyway. So many of us, the value we put on money is security and it's a lot of those safety things. And I think for working in business, you probably know this too. Like often we are having to push boundaries sometimes, change things up. And so we are working with sometimes a lot of uncertainty. And so that added to it, I just know is such a huge trigger for a lot of my clients. Do you so, sort of hear the same thing as well?
1: Definitely. And this is where looking at healthy ways to keep yourself safe is so powerful. And not that money is not healthy or, you know, a healthy way to keep you safe, because obviously it is the thing that provides us with so many of our basic needs like food, shelter, water. But like creating safety in ways that feel really beautiful for you is everything. So something that I really love doing. And I learned this, I learned this through a Brené Brown podcast, and I'd love to remember the name of the woman who spoke about this, but they were talking about stress and closing out stress cycles. And so if I feel really unsafe, um, something that I do is I hug my husband and we hug for about 30 seconds. And if you breathe together, like when you're hugging someone, obviously it can be with, you know, mom, bestie, anyone that you feel safe with, that actually closes out a stress cycle for you. So that for me is really safe. And I know that it's something that's accessible to me at any time. So the world could be going to hell and I can still stand for 30 seconds and hug my husband and close out a stress cycle. And so having these, These things that you can do, going for a walk in the park with your dog or sitting and having a glass of wine and a conversation with a loved one or wrapping yourself in a blanket or having a cup of tea and doing a meditation, like creating these ways to feel that you feel safe is so, so key. And then outside of that, just knowing what serves you. I think that, you know, the example that you gave there with shifting business model, there were so many reasons why shifting that business model was so powerful and important and key for you and I think that it was like that just that that money mindset it kind of just made that story so much easier but tell me if I'm wrong here like if the launch model had really served you you would have gone it really serves me and so this is just a story that I'll navigate as I'm moving through it does that feel true so true so true
0: yeah, I mean, I think it's so powerful, like you said, to find other, if you know—you do associate money with safety, like I said, a lot of us do, to find other ways to feel safe and other ways to feel abundant that isn't actually about like dollar-dollar bills because in the end, money isn't really like the number. It's like how we use it. It's how it serves us. It's the value we put on it, what it allows us to do or not do. And I think that has been a huge learning for me because I know that like intellectually I've worked at a bank as a teller actually holding cash and seeing everyone else's bank accounts I write about like financial wellness I know this like on a really like high like master's university level yet like I sitting down the last year or two it's like I don't actually know this like I know it but I don't know and I had to practice it every single day So would you be able to share some practical ways that listeners can start to change their money mindset? So there's a safety component, but what are some other things that listeners can do?
1: So doing like getting really clear first and foremost on what your current stories are is really key. So Asking yourself some questions like, what do I believe about money? What was I taught about money when I was growing up? What were the stories about money that I heard within my household? What's my relationship to money? How do I feel when I open my bank accounts? What do I think about people that are wealthy what do I think about people that are not wealthy just allowing yourself in a judgment-free way to journal on those stories so I really like to journal I also have clients that don't like to journal like to voice no answers to themselves um, or just you know sit in a meditation and allow it to come forth and so doing that first and foremost gives you an opportunity to dive into what exists And then taking that information and giving yourself permission and allowing yourself to rewrite it. So what are the beliefs that truly serve you instead? Is it a belief that you can create more money than anyone in your family has before? Is it a belief that you you have the ability to charge for the offer that you're creating you know, because you know that that's possible for you. Like, what are the beliefs that you want to create? Then as a next step, then is seek out evidence to support those new beliefs. So, so often, like I honestly credit my business success to people that I follow on social media, because I would not know that this life was possible if I didn't see that it was possible through other people on social media, like I said before, I didn't grow up in a family where anyone was a coach or I was very much the first in my immediate world to have an online business. Uh, but I followed people on the internet that were doing this cool thing. And I was like, I can do that too. And that feels really right for me. So find expanders, find people that make you feel great about yourself. People like Rach, who are speaking really honestly about this and demonstrating what's possible. Um, follow them, learn from them. Uh, allow them to help you as your mind expands uh, because that's going to help you to believe that these things are possible and, and what is feasible for you. And be really mindful of any stories that might come through of like, oh, it's easier for her because of X. Like be really careful about those. And instead just look for the like, well, what is it that they've done and created and how can I be inspired through that as well, knowing that these things are possible for me too. And once again, just every time I'm having this conversation, just want to acknowledge, of course, that there are varying levels of privilege always. And, you know, I'm speaking to this through my own life lens, Rach, you're speaking to this through your own life lens and different levels of privilege mean that there are different levels of ease with this conversation. And so, you know, perhaps it's looking to expanders who are from a similar cultural background to you or from a... um, you know, just to just have something about them where you're like, I really, really relate to that person. Uh, Find those expanders and then do the thing that Rach said she resists, but I know she still does. And that's why she's a freaking powerhouse. And that is repeat, repeat, repeat these new beliefs, because the more repetition that occurs, the more we then program these thoughts deep into our subconscious. So right now, these new thoughts are in your conscious mind. You have consciously conjured, created these new thoughts, but we want them to seep into your subconscious because your actions and the way that you show up in the world, your behaviors come from your subconscious beliefs and your subconscious beliefs will be rewritten through repetition. If for anyone that's listening, I'm sure you've had those moments where you're like, oh my God, I used to think this and be like this. And now I'm here. How did that happen? And the power of hindsight, you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's the power of rewriting your beliefs. You know, if you can think of any times in your life where you've done that. And so know that's possible for you, but it is just about in the now, giving yourself full permission to continue that repetition not making yourself wrong. If you show up from those old beliefs, like it takes time and then moving forward with action based on those new beliefs. So, you're not going to overnight show up from a place of those new beliefs, but that doesn't need to stop you from implementing the the pay rise, the price increase rather on a product or service. If you know that feels true for you, that shouldn't stop you from, you know, deciding that you're earning six figures in this next year or multi six figures in this next year or whatever it might be. So, keep taking the action forward don't wait for your mindset to shift before you take the next action and this is so important. Um, Rachel heard me say this a million times but you know mindset and, and strategy they work together but you've got to take the action for your mindset to continue to evolve.
0: That is so so true and I think that is probably the biggest takeaway the love listeners to have from this episode again it's something that took me a while to click as well because often I'm doing things and the scarcity mindset's coming up or it's feeling tricky or challenging yet I'm still taking action anyway like just done over perfect I fumble my way through a lot of things and I just find I get so much clarity and confidence through that action and I know if I sat here just thinking about anything in business from money mindset all the way through to other things that I do, I would never have moved as far as I have. It's just through doing. And I think that's hard for us, right? To be like, I'm just going to fumble around and figure it out. And like you hear it over and over and you're always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, we feel a lot of resistance to that. But I don't know if this is the biggest takeaway for you too, Ellie, but it definitely is for me that like mindset sometimes really lags behind well it does for me anyway and then it's like it hits me in the back of the head one day and I'm like oh here I am I'm finally aligned again but then I push myself and the mindset hangs back for another couple of weeks while I'm doing something else
1: it just wants to see the evidence because it gets cemented through evidence those new mindsets and you're so so right around the fumbling like if your mindset hasn't caught up yet it's going to feel hard or it's going to feel sticky or you're going to be like, what am I even doing? Even when you have a coach, even when you have support squad, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely game because we're the ones taking the action solo on our own to do the thing that is the vision that only we have. And so I just couldn't agree more, Rach. Like just just continuing forward, knowing that every single one of us, every single day have no idea what we're doing, you know. Like we're, we, that's the reality of growth and expansion. And if you know what you're doing every single day, I would argue that you're not allowing yourself to expand. Like, keep pushing yourself into those new territories because that's where all the goodness is. Thank you so
0: much for coming onto the show. I just know listeners are going to get so much from what you shared. And I just love all of your insights and stories and examples. I reckon I could like listen to you for hours. I feel like I've just learned a whole bunch from interviewing you. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure. I love you. And it just is such a privilege to be here as a guest. And uh, hopefully the puppy chewing wasn't too loud. It's all good. (laughs) good. (laughs) Thanks so
0: much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.